0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Ecuador Insider Podcast. I am Jesse Bayer, joined as always by Darnell Dunn. We are the co-founders and managing partners of Abundant Living Ecuador, a real estate and relocation services firm based out of Loja, Ecuador in southern Ecuador. Um, We are excited to be with you here today. It is Friday, April 15th. Uh, My esteemed colleague just reminded me tax day back home, so good luck with that. yeah, well, you know, I should say good luck with that for them, but good luck with that for us, given that, uh, you know, all the FATCA requirements and all that kind of nonsense. But yeah. um, we're keeping it positive, today. keeping it positive today. Um, so, yeah, really, really excited to be with you um, here today. The weather has been exceptional here the last couple of weeks after a few weeks of kind of a bunch of rain. Um, so we seem to be back in the sweet spot here before we kind of hit our winter, your, your, uh, or excuse me, our, yes, our winter, your summer, um, where it gets a little cooler, but still obviously, you know, not very cold. Um, I wanted to uh, just go ahead and I, we kind of said we wouldn't do this, but just get a couple of quick uh, pieces of business out of the way. Um, our real estate tour is launched. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, it's, it's you can sign up right on the website, abecuador.com. I got to throw that stuff in there. Uh, website abecuador.com. That's A as in Apple, B as in boy, Ecuador.com. You can reach us as well. Toll free line, US or Canada, 888 999 0948. That's 888 999 0948. But yeah, real estate tour launched. We are really excited about that. Um, We think it's a really cool opportunity. It's certainly something we would have taken advantage of while we were uh, planning our uh, move down to South America and ultimately Ecuador. Um, so we think it's a really cool opportunity for us to meet you, but uh, really for you to get a sense of the country, uh, the real Ecuador, the culture, the food, the everything, as well as get all your questions answered as far as Whatever they are investing and you know, our backgrounds are in investing. So Darnell comes from the financial services world. I come from real estate investing. We've been down here almost three years. We've been investing in real estate. We've launched a uh, business. So, you know, we are prepared to give you the full scoop, visa, uh, banking, visas, taxes, uh, you know, investing the whole nine and, and show you the real estate market. So, you know, We have a 10-day tour. There's a three-day coastal extension. It's an amazing way to get to know Ecuador. Um, And we really try to do it properly, um, you know, in comfort, in style to some degree. Um, So we're really excited about that. You can sign up on the website. Um, In addition, our relocation services is uh, fully available now as a standalone option. So if you're moving to Ecuador but maybe don't know, haven't been here before or don't aren't fully entrenched in Ecuador or don't speak Spanish and need help, visa, banking, getting your things here, personal contacts, professional contacts, temporary housing, getting a cell phone, um, doing projects on your land, maybe uh, you know whatever whatever you're involved in, the relocation services really holds your hand through all of that. Um, and again, you can sign up for that um, on the website. Another uh, quick thing I, I should mention is that we had been asked to partner um, on an auction of a giant estate in Vilcabamba. Uh, it's in, excuse me, it's in uh, San Joaquin, the Hacienda San Joaquin, which is a large, luxur- luxurious, gated community in Vilcabamba. Um, massive estate. The auction is taking place between the 23rd and 25th. Of May, I have those dates right, don't I? Yeah, twenty third uh, to the twenty fifth of May. Online only. Online auction. Um, the the uh, reserve price is three and a half million. If if any bids uh, anything over that, um, the auction will go off. Uh, it includes a eighty three hundred square foot main house, a guest house, uh, three car garage, pool, massive grounds, orchards, gardens, fish ponds, river. Um, just an amazing estate. Uh, an equestrian building as well within the estate. Then, sep- you know, tennis courts, volleyball courts, and then separate to that, there's a community center. There's 26 lots that are uh, ready to be, you know, sold off to the for by whoever buys the 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 property. There's a equestrian center, separate, uh, a sales management office, and a gigantic hotel which is not finished but could be completed and turned into a hotel spa or a mansion or whatever you want. So. Quite an interesting opportunity here. Um, You can also get to that on our website as well under listings under Vilcabamba. Um, So that uh, should pretty much do it for the updates. Well, I do also want to mention – New blogs up. Uh, three new blogs have been posted, so check those out. I also want to give a shout-out to Ben Berger, who joined us last week on the podcast. If you missed that show, it was really informative to have Ben. Uh, ben is the founder of MLS Ecuador, so he really has his finger on the pulse of all things Ecuador, but certainly the real estate market. Um, so that was. I encourage you to go back and check that show out if you haven't. Um, and I think we'll, we'll jump right into the economy unless, uh, you got something quick to add for the intro. Uh,
1: well just wanted to drop the toll free line in the, uh, in the, I gave the toll free. Oh, you did. I I did, I
0: did not give the email. I forgot the email. Okay. So go right ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, info at a dot com. I think, uh. I you know, I do these off my head. I should like write out the the, the, the intro, but you know, it's more fun this way. <laughs> so um yeah, we haven't really done a show for a while. Um that was just the two of us. Um so lots of things have happened certainly since we've done the last show. There's been you know kind of a continued downward trend here in, in Ecuador. I think um perhaps the place to start, and I know Darnell, you had uh had some interest in this article as well. Is um you know the IMF has predicted a four and a half percent drop in GDP for 2016. Yeah,
1: negative point four and a half percent GDP print for the year. Uh, interesting stuff. We were talking off air about this, and you know, think about what it would be like if you had negative four and a half percent GDP growth in the United States. What the news would be like? What would be going on? Just um, pretty incredible. You'd
0: that's, be talking like Great Depression type stuff, You'd right? You'd be talking like massive panic, like <laughs> like bank failures, business failures. I mean, a lot more leverage in the states, so that's a difference. But it would right. be and know. a
1: lot more open market as well too. You've got you've got um, investors from all the all over the world invested in the United States, whereas in Ecuador you're talking about a much smaller pond without all of the international flows as well too. So. It's not quite as dire, but um, just a, a good basis for comparison, just in terms of thinking it through.
0: The government, of course, came back and called the IMF liars and said that they were incorrect and are always incorrect and uh, that Ecuador will not have a 4.5% negative GDP for 2016. It's
1: it's very funny. I actually have this article and I wanted to oh, read an, exer- okay. an excerpt from it because uh, I just found it extremely interesting. Um, so the title of the Article is Ecuador fires back at IMF's 2016 economic forecast. They're never right, in quote. A day after the International Monetary Fund released its world economic forecast for 2016, Ecuador's Minister of Economic Policy claimed that the IMF predictions are always, almost always wrong. Now, of course, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because that's what he's supposed to say. Um, here's where it gets interesting. Um, he says, oh, he he quotes three different examples. Um, he says, quote, in 2008, they said our economy would grow 2.9%. It grew 6.4%, he said. In 2009, they predicted negative growth of 2%, but we ended up with positive 0.6%. And in 2011, they said we would grow 3.2% when the final growth was 7%. Point Nine percent going back thirteen years, they have always gotten it wrong, and they're always underestimating our economy now say that's true, and you know I won't disagree with them totally and say that that's not right, and I haven't researched it to know, but if you just look at the spread between these differences, what was the most they were ever off maybe you know two, three, four percent at most, so if they're saying that it's gonna grow negative five percent and they grow negative one percent, is that a victory? Is that like they're wrong? um sure, the number would be wrong, but the overall sentiment, I would say totally matches uh a negative four point five percent g d p growth rate um so it's and you're also also pulling out just three years here. And I think the most telling part about the article is he didn't have his own forecast. He said, well, they should they should have asked for our numbers to get a more accurate number. But he didn't come forth with any number, which means well, at least what it suggests to me is that where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: Interesting to see, too, what's happening in lots of South America, because Argentina, Brazil, Brazil. Uh, Argentina wait, this says okay, this is a typo it says Argentina, Brazil, and Argentina. <laughs> um, I wonder who they meant because it says eight percent. It must be boy, I shouldn't speculate, but it's probably well, you could take that number out and plug in almost any almost country. any country, and that's the point I wanted to make, but I'm reading from the same article where they where they made a typo um so it's argentina brazil and some other country and it's 8% drop that i mean i don't know venezuela is probably worse than that yeah <laughs> um anyways so argentina they've got dropping 2. Point, uh, 2.8% negative number for gdp and brazil 3.8 and then some other country which is not argentina again <laughs> 8% um so you know you're seeing you're seeing um basically largely from low oil prices but other things as well, um, you know, credit a credit um, reduction in credit as well. Um, you're seeing a lot of countries in South America. Well, you're seeing this really being set up globally, actually. But if we were to be uh, more honest about it, but it's just it filters through here more quickly because South American countries have less tools at their disposal to prop up um, economic numbers. Um, so you're seeing you're seeing a drop in lots of South America or lots of in really lots of developing countries and and a lot of that is tied to oil prices just to recap for people real quick you know what is happening here in Ecuador um, when we got here almost three years ago um, Ecuador was kind of at the tail end of a boom um There had been, and then that was unfortunately largely related to credit expansion. Um, Ecuador experienced a very large credit expansion over a number of years um, and and infrastructure spending. So lots of spending. um, And of course, you know, the credit expansion increases debt, plenty of borrowing as well. Um, So you kind of had a debt fueled uh, boom, which, uh, you know, we know all about here. And if wherever you're listening to this, you know about that. (laughs) Um, And Starting, I would say, somewhere in the neighborhood of a year ago, um, maybe you could argue a year and a half ago, um, that tide started to turn. Um, and where we are right now is the government, you know, we've got very low oil prices, so government revenue is hurting. The government is cutting spending. Uh, we have a weak job market. The, the banks are not lending. Higher taxes. Um, and ta- yeah, taxes going up, fees going up. Um, so we have sort of a confluence of events that's led to some very diff some economic pain. And that's of course filtering through to real estate prices. The used car market, I was just reading an article, is, is getting hammered. Um, so car prices are dropping, real estate prices are dropping. Um, And that's sort of where we're at economically here in here in Ecuador right now. Um, They call it a crisis. Uh, You know, they say we're in a crisis. Which, yeah, I mean, as you to your point, if this was happening in the states, it would be it it would take down the global financial system. Actually, is what it would do. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah. Well, that's the next shoe to drop. But you know, I digress. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) So, uh, an interesting. You know, I think. We're gonna try to spice things up a little bit today, and a little bit later we'll jump into uh, a little a little game of sorts. With uh, we'll give our top five sort of uh, pet peeves or dislikes, and our top five things that we like about Ecuador. But you know, one certainly on my list. uh, And sorry to uh, what do they call it when you give away a movie? Uh, (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. Right. Spoiler alert. Um, the, you know the government here is certainly on my list of things i you know am less than pleased with another article that came out recently uh, titled the korea's tax plan would restrict the amount of untaxed cash that can be taken out of the country and limit senior vat refunds vat is the value added tax they call it eva here um this is uh, unfortunate um you know ecuador has a 5% Capital flight tax. So any wire going out of the country, they take five percent. Um, nor up until now, you've been able to travel out of the, you know, take cash out of the country, uh, physical cash, up to eleven thousand one hundred and seventy dollars, untaxed. Korea's proposal would be to drop that number to one thousand ninety eight. So that means like you can't even go on a vacation. And cover the costs of your vacation without first paying the Ecuadorian government, um, because you you know they have it's the same thing filters through to credit cards. You can't you know if you use a credit card and buy something overseas, that same five percent tax applies. So more government restrictions, which we've seen lots of. If you want to read about, it, go to the blogs. There's there it's there in depth. Um, but you know another unfortunate kind of. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh what are they you know whatever unfortunate uh act here which which scares away investors scares away you know makes money leave the country you know? <laughs> so,
1: yeah. and the justification for that is that it's three basic salaries or three months' worth of minimum wage, and so you know Ecuador has one of the highest minimum wages in South America, and so you know anybody who would be spending more than one thousand. outside of the country is, is, um, someone who deserves to be taxed. Right. Because, you know, that's just so much money for the average Ecuadorian. Um, you know, it's not, but, you know, of course, if you're going to, you know, New York city, for example, you know, you could go through a thousand, you know, less than $1,100 in about a day or two, or, you know, I mean a couple hours really. So that those two things don't have anything to do with each other
0: yeah and that's sort of that's sort of that unfortunate stuff it's like they they use like soak the rich rhetoric to like pass everything they want to pass, and it's just it's very see through it's very transparent it's ridiculous eleven hundred dollars is not a lot of money in Ecuador, so that is incorrect um but also you know like the idea that you're rich or something and should pay taxes to you know leave the country if you have more than eleven hundred bucks <laughs> like So that's going on. Um, Interesting article. Interesting um, fact coming out uh, about Correa. His approval rating, according to um, let's see, what's the name of this company that did the Ultima? No, uh, hold on. I'll find it in a minute. But his approval rating uh, has dropped to thirty-one percent. Thirty. Excuse me, thirty-one point seven percent according to this poll um conducted and i'll find who conducted it in a minute but interesting um you know his claim has always been you know how popular he is but um you know with with gdp solidly in in negative territory which even the government admits that it's negative now um and you know, more and more of these restrictions coming online, it seems that what we've been talking about for a long time in terms of popular opinion turning, um, this poll certainly bears that out: 31.7 percent approval rating with only 20 uh, let's see 20 percent to 31 I think it, I, if I recall correctly, it was like 28 oh yeah, 28 percent um, like believe him. Um, like believe what he says, like credibility. Um, It's in Spanish. That's why I'm I'm saying it like that. But, um, yeah.
1: No, and the thing that's very interesting about that is, you know, hearing from us, we were people who never, you know, who were at best neutral before we spent some time here. And once we got here, realized that, you know, we weren't really in favor of any of these policies. What's been interesting about the direction that he's going in now is the people who would normally support him are now – maybe not so happy with some of the things that he's doing for example you know you've got you know oil prices right now at around 12 year lows um that's been something that's really been creating a hole in the budget of the government here and governments all over latin america who are commodity driven markets well just very interesting when you think about Korea coming out years ago, and maybe this was two thousand seven, two thousand eight timeframe, where he was looking to raise money from the international community to protect uh, one of the national parks in Ecuador called Yasuni
0: from from oil drilling.
1: Yeah, from oil drilling. Other countries that drilled for oil there in the past, and one of his big campaign promises, and um, and there was a big PR push behind this as well too, with lots of celebrities from the United States and other parts of the world talking about how Chevron had had attempted to destroy one of the places that's, I think by any measure of, you know, by square meter or square foot of land is the most biodiverse place in the world. Um, that they were destroying it and that the global community community needed to come together and make sure that this place was protected. And, uh, he had gone out and started to try to raise money from, developed world developed countries developed worlds developed countries to you know step up to the plate to donate money to ecuador basically to compensate them for leaving yasuni untouched well now with oil prices around 40 dollars a barrel he's now drilling there so it's one thing to say well mm, you know this is the only resource that we have and so we need to sacrifice this resource for the people. I mean, you know, an environmentalist wouldn't say that, but certainly he was trying to get the envir- environmentalist vote in branding himself that way. But that just becomes much more indefensible when you're drilling there to destroy the environment potentially for, you know, prices that are very low. Um, so it's just interesting that a lot of people who were supporters of him. I actually was having a conversation with one of those people today um, and uh, it was interesting. She didn't have anything to to say. (laughs) Couldn't quite defend that. Um, And I think that's just uh, a testament to um the kinds of policies that are being enacted now and uh how unpopular Yeah I mean they he's
0: are. not going to drill in yasuni like Obama's going to label gmos and close guantanamo and you know right. every other politician's promise in the history of the world right.
1: like I mean that was like the one promise that his supporters could hold on to and say well you know look at what he's doing and he's trying to help and you know you're branding him wrong and you're saying putting words in his mouth or you're saying that he doesn't have the country's best um interest at heart uh, but I think that decision is very uh, emblematic of of um, what's being done yeah. and the role that he has in that.
0: Yeah, and I think part of that is just like they're just fucking with people at this point. Like the government has gone far enough that like the regular person on the street is being messed with in, in lots of aspects of their lives. I mean just a few examples. they're They're snatching food from people – often old ladies, like indigenous old ladies, you know, who are you know, guilty of the horrible crime of selling their food products on the street without a license, you know, like a little basket like a lady with a basket of peaches they're harassing them um, and they're doing that all over Ecuador you know, Loja is better on these things than almost anywhere else in in Ecuador, certainly any city that I've been to in Ecuador and I've been to all of them, uh, you know So that's an example. I mean they're ticketing now. You know, They're ticketing for everything. When we got here, they weren't ticketing for hardly anything. They're now ticketing for all kinds of things. So they've got speed cameras. They've got hidden radar trucks that are like driving around unmarked that are ticketing people for going four kilometers an hour over the city speed limit, which is 60 kilometers an hour, which is what, like 35 miles an hour? Um, Something like that. So you know, uh, they're they're doing all this stuff surrounding. You know, taxes are going higher in all aspects. And like, are taxes still going to be really low for a from a foreigner's perspective? Yeah, but if you're used to paying ten dollars, twenty dollars a year in property tax, and all of a sudden you go to pay your property taxes and it's four hundred dollars, or a thousand. Or, for a bigger property, right? For a bigger property, maybe you were used to paying under a hundred, and all of a sudden it's a thousand or fifteen hundred. You're talking about that is a lot of money. Uh, that is a huge amount of money for somebody maybe working the land or grazing cattle and selling the milk or you know something like that. So, or
1: someone who just inherited the piece of property that's never going to use it and now they, they can't have keep to sell.
0: It. Now they have to sell. Um, I mean, and those are just you know just a few examples. I mean, I even saw taxis are getting ticketed if they don't have their meter on with someone in the car. I mean the meters are brand new. They like the meters only got here like a, less than a year ago. Um and you know now you're getting ticketed if you forget to turn it on. There's just that stuff which is very unfortunate all those things. That's really one of the things I was coming here to get away from and it sort of seemed at the beginning like some of those things were okay, but you and I saw the writing on the wall as soon as we touch down um and it's like those things are really coming here and people people are not happy about those things and i think that has to you know you you couple that with the economy and some of the things you're talking about and you you have got a 32% approval rating
1: right and you know speaking of things that that we came here to avoid what are some of the things that attracted us here let's get into that top 5 list sure
0: drum roll uh <laughs> all right like go- that segue didn't you yeah i'm going first fine uh okay So yeah, two, I got a list. Five favorite things about Ecuador. And I know, I think you actually touched on a couple of these, but for my list, I kind of left out some of the more, the ones we've talked about, or maybe the more obvious ones. You know, I could talk about the weather. I could talk about prices. I could talk about fruits, which we've talked about extensively. Climate, diversity of climate, quality of life. Some of those kinds of things. Like, those are... So you're just going to kill my list now, Is that your... I didn't... (laughs) I know I saw like one or two of those. I didn't think it was more than that, but... um, but like I kind of for mine, I kind of went in a different direction of maybe like you know some of the funnier like little things as opposed to like what I really love about Ecuador, which really are those things we've talked about them in blogs and podcasts and so forth. Of so number five, you are allowed to pee in the street. <laughs> this is this is exceptional. I mean, you know, I was in New York for most of my good, the, the uh, more than half my life, and you know if you've ever been in a major city in the states and you need to urinate um, you have to find like a hotel maybe you can sneak by or you can like plead with a restaurant uh maitre d or you know you can kind of like go to the fast food and like pretend you know kind of sneak over to the bathroom and wait till someone comes out and, you know what I mean it's very hard like it can be it's almost like notorious in new york to like you know when you have to use the bathroom and you're not uh you know close to home you're you may be in trouble anyways in ecuador yeah pee in a cup you can yeah right pee in a cover in ecuador you are it's you have total license to whip it out and go uh, wherever you're at. Um, no cop will bother you. And if I'm not mistaken, it's in the Constitution. <laughs> that, oh, really? I, I could be wrong about that. Somebody yeah, told me yeah. that. And, and women um, also
1: take this liberty as well, too. I've seen yes. a couple of squats pop M- here yes, and there. less,
0: less so, <laughs> but it does happen from time to time. So, number five uh, relieving myself on the street. <laughs> No, and I'm of course half joking. I mean, you you have to have some discretion, but but it is not much. It is not illegal, no. And if and you know if you're if it's Sunday and you're Ecuadorian and you're eight pilsners deep, you know you you can you could do it in the middle of the street, you know, facing the traffic, and nobody would bat an eye. <laughs> um, so number five, uh, peeing in the street. Number four, drinking in the street. Um, there's no open container laws here, as far as like. Of course, with driving, there is, but, uh, you know, you can... But
1: that's that's not followed that's by not anybody. That's not followed by anybody, no. Although... In- including the people who enforce it.
0: Like of, of course. Well, I mean, if the people who enforced it followed their own laws, I mean, we'd be living in a different world. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so you are allowed to consume alcoholic beverages on the street, which I do probably almost never. But I like the fact that you can. <laughs> um, number three... Uh, where am I at? 3. Oh, the women. Uh number 3 for me is is women. I like the women here. Um they're very they're very like genuine and I think that that kind of um uh could be said really for men and women, but um you know, I I tend to put more focus on <laughs> women personally. Um so I think the women here are great. Um that's number 3. Uh number 2. And this is sort of an all-encompassing uh uh one, but the quality of of nature, um, so you know the you could say natural beauty, you could say landscape, you could say whatever, but the nature here. Um, so the water, you know, you can you can drink water from streams here. Like as long as there's not cows above you, you can drink water from streams. It's delicious. I we've done it in many properties. Excuse me that we've seen. Um, Food, you know, everything grows, everything grows, everything grows everywhere. Your food is all local. Your food is, is just incredible quality. It's bursting with life. It's bursting with flavor. You know, we've talked about these before, but, you know, the coconut water means you buy a coconut. Like, you don't, you're not paying eight bucks for the, you know, one coconut water or whatever those are, Vita, Cocoa, you know, you're not paying like eight bucks for that. You're, you're buying a coconut for a dollar and drinking the water. You know, they open it for you, give you a straw, like, you, you know, you drink the coconut for a dollar. Um, you know, juice, same thing. Um, so, you know, all that stuff for me is, is really cool. And maybe, you know, for me as high on that list as any is there's no chemtrails, um, you know, uh, here where we are, Uh, not to say there isn't any in Ecuador, not to say they don't exist. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, your skies are blue and that bothered me a lot in New York, uh, you know, looking up every day and seeing, seeing what was going on in the skies. Um, and then number one for me is 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 the people. Uh, it's it's the lack of pretense, really. It's um, there's just a lack of pretense here. You know, it's like in the states, everybody's kind of got their shtick. People here don't really have shticks. People here just kind of are who they are. Um, people are simple, pretty good natured. Um, you know, you're there's just not that many really bad guys. Um, you know, sure, I mean, it's you know they're human beings, so, <laughs> you know, that exists of course. But but just in general a real lack of pretense. And I, I I really like the people here. So that's my list. There you have it sticking to it. Go for it.
1: Okay, good. All right. So number five for me is gotta be, is gotta be the weather. Um, I'm going to go with more of the, the unimaginative, like, regular stuff that we're just reiterating. But I think it's just important to give people perspective on, you know, things that, that, that we like about it and things that I like about it in particular, the weather, I mean, it's just coming from Boston and having four seasons, you know, even the worst weather here is nowhere near as bad as the worst weather at home. Um, You know, complaining about bad weather here is like, I don't know, fifties and raining. I mean, it's just not that bad. Um, In good weather here is just some of the best. It's just a, a climate that's, you know, 75 to 80, not a cloud in the sky, um, and just like a cool pace of life and everything that just makes the, the weather that much more enjoyable. So, um, number five for me is the weather. Number, um, four is the landscapes. I mean, I remember, and it's like you live here for a certain period of time and you just, it, it's it kind of loses its luster in the sense that you're not as in awe because it's just something that you experience every, every day, but thinking back to when I first came here, just that drive from Cuenca de Aloha, we actually rented a
0: car when we were doing our whole tour. And almost crashed within five minutes of being in it. <laughs> yeah, All right.
1: No, some of those, uh, some of those, uh, yeah, the, those roads when you drive on them the first time, just you know, not very many straight ones. Yeah,
0: although although that near miss was just me like barreling into a <laughs> rotary with like out realizing I was barreling into a rotary and then slamming on the brakes and like just missing a car. Wow.
1: <laughs> I, fr- I remember that now that you bring that up. Yeah, that was very close. Yeah, <laughs> it was very
0: close. No, like, like screeching it, like no, and, and the we car been, whizzes by you know but misses by six inches.
1: Yeah, and we were in the car for a grand total of twenty minutes. So yeah, 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 <laughs> literally.
0: Like we had literally just rented the car. I remember asking you like right before we rented it if you wanted the insurance or not. And you were like, Yeah, let's go ahead and get the insurance. And uh that almost became a very good decision. Right.
1: <laughs> Hilarious. So yeah, the landscapes here are just incredible. Um, number three has got to be specifically here in Loha, the proximity to everything. Yeah. I mean, you're you're an hour and a half away from the rainforest and Zamora and Potocarpus, the entrance there in Zamora, which is
0: incredible. Uh, you've got Podocarpus being the national park that's in this area. Right.
1: Then you have another entrance that's closer to Aloha that has the land is completely different. Completely different climate, completely different vegetation. And that's about 20 minutes away from downtown. You've got beaches that you can get to in three and a half, let four me just, hours. Let me
0: just interject real quick. So the difference there is it's because you're Sierra versus, um, versus, um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking here. Uh, Sierra versus, um, Amazonia. Yeah, but, the, well, okay. Um, um, rainforest. Yeah. So, so he's talking Zamora entrance versus Loha entrance. The difference. So you're that close we're in the Sierra, but you're that close to, to the, the, the Amazon area. Um, and so that's the difference in that, in that, um, vegetation.
1: Right. And then you're also close to, close to a metropolitan city like Cuenca, which you can get to in less than three hours that has everything. Um, so, you know, you're not too far away from the airport here from downtown Loha. You're looking at 40 to 50 minutes and you can get, uh, either one of the international airports in Waikil or Quito and, and, um, you know, travel out of the country or travel by air to any of the other, um, national airports throughout the country. So just being, um, so close to so many different environments and being able to, to whether you're flying or driving, um, to, to just change your landscape in a very short period of time, that has to be number three for me. Um number 2 is the coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker in Ecuador in general but Loja province specifically being the largest in land area with um incredible variety of different elevations um just has some of the best coffee you'll ever have. Um so that's something I really like about living here. And number 1 for me is just the access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Um you know At just a a price that you just couldn't just couldn't be matched um i mean probably other places in the world sure um but guatemala or something yeah but um, you know a place that i would actually want to be um yeah i mean just just incredible access and i've tried so many fruits that i've never heard before heard of before and never even seen that are just incredible um one that i didn't even know actually existed or that was a fruit dragon fruit you know um that Beverage company, Sobe, Mm -hmm. they make like a dragon fruit drink. And I kind of like, I'm like, dragon fruit? Like, what's that? Like, I've actually had a real dragon fruit.
0: Is that the yellow one? Which Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: yellow, but they also, in Asia, they're pink. Okay, There's like a different, there's different varieties, and the ones here are yellow. Um, A property that we're in the midst of closing on has a small um, farm for them. They're called in Spanish, pitahaya. Um, oh, yeah, it's a cactus. You cut it open and it's got some flesh with some seeds, edible seeds in the middle. Um, Delicious. very good. Yeah. But you can't, I, they're kind of a, a digestive, so you can't eat more than two without, oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> you, and, but you want to, but like, yeah, they're you know, really good. Yeah. It's like, it'd be like eating in you know, three bags of prunes. Like <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> well, so that's my, uh, that, my is, top a, that is a
0: great list. Um, I am, I am, uh, on, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but outside of that, some of the you know the things I love about Ecuador as well. The Orient, uh, the Oriente, Oriente, or Orient in English is the word I was looking for. Um, so we're in the Sierra, in the mountains, but we're just a few minutes away from the Orient, which is the the rainforest. Right. Um, okay. So the other side of the coin, um, top five list of pet peeves or worst things uh, about Ecuador. Number five for me is there are no casinos. <laughs> and this was a uh, a heartbreaking discovery when I first got here in 2013 because I had read about the casinos and there sounded like there was good ones. And, you know, sometimes I like really like superficial things. I like to like go to a casino and sit on the beach and, you know, drink, drink and those kinds of things from time to time. And um, so no casinos in Ecuador, our illustrious leader, uh, banned them. Um, well, apparently actually somebody told me that it was actually by popular vote. And it lo- it won by – somebody told me, true or not, that it won by like less than a, a point point. Um, and they banned casinos. But he, he was very popular at the time, the president, and he was lobbying hard for uh, that vote.
1: Yeah, and the other thing too about that um, just in general is so the majority of people voted against it, 49 to 51. So what? Like right, right. If I want to gamble and they don't want to gamble, they just don't have to go. It's right. like so. Well, that's
0: like me and my a friend, you know, voting that we want to kill you and then killing you, like and then saying it was justice because we voted. Yeah, right? because
1: majority rules. Right.
0: <laughs> Number four, cell phone costs. Um Ooh, and I don't mean one. I don't mean the phones themselves. I'll get to that. <laughs> I mean the plans. I mean the plans here are shit. Uh, you know, I mean Coming from the States, I'm like, all right, you know, I had like an unlimited plan in the States. I paid around a hundred bucks maybe for like my minutes plus my... Uh, plus my data, and I had unlimited data, and you could do whatever you wanted on your cell phone, you know, with, without being connected to Wi Fi. So I'm, you know, the, the the idiot American, and I get here and like I think I'm going to do the same. And after we spent three days trying to get cell phones, <laughs> when we finally did, you know, I I put a bunch of money on my phone to like have data, and you know, the next day I think my data was gone. And I then spent the next, like, two months putting, you know, exorbitant amounts of money on my phone thinking, like, there's something wrong. Like, I can use the data. But as it turns out, data here is just, like, 50 times more expensive. So there's no such thing as an unlimited data plan. We have, like, a really good plan. What do we have, like, two gigs or something? Um, 400 megas we have. Is that it per yeah. month, really? Yeah. Holy God. So we have, like, a really good plan like there's higher ones i think but yeah, not but much not, not much higher and
1: no and then we've got unlimited minutes between the co- people in the company the people in the right. plant so like and then we've got to call outside of that 143 minutes yeah
0: and that's like 60 70 bucks a line or something Almost uh, seventy. Almost seventy. And then and so so, you know, you wanna watch YouTube videos or something, you wanna like surf the net <laughs> yes. you know, while you're not connected to Wi Fi, good Fo- luck. Phones yeah. aren't
1: for that, it's a luxury. Yeah, right. You know, that's for, for that's for you know,
0: like, you know, fat cats and, <laughs> and, and robber barons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Land hoarders. <laughs> right. So, you know, and forget like you know, forget like making a Skype call or something, God forbid. Um but you know, the internet is great in your house, but but as far as uh Cell phone costs are a pet peeve of mine. Number three, lack of high-quality dining options. And now, is that less so in Quito or Cuenca or uh, or Guayaquil or Manta? Sure, but still even there. Um, your, good fo- your best food options in the best restaurants in the best cities are still going to be Ecuadorian food. I like it. I would really enjoy those restaurants. I've eaten at some of them. They're delicious. Um... I really miss bagels and nova and cream cheese from Barney Greengrass. I really miss a steak from Peter Luger's, a, a pizza from Dafara, and Ital- good Italian food, Greek food, Jewish food, uh, you know, uh even even good like good like uh you know different types of Asian food. I used to like Korean food. I used to like to go to the Korean neighborhood in, in Manhattan and get Korean food. Um, you know, so yeah, the food, you know, and I'm a little spoiled. You know, I was in New York. I know people who have come here from, you know, like the middle of the country who have told me, you know, the food's great, and yeah. and these restaurants that I think are terrible are really good. So you know, I I admit yeah. that I'm a bit of a snob in that way. But yeah, I um, mean,
1: if you're coming from, you know, Bloomington, Illinois, or something. No like offense
0: that. to all you Bloomington, Illinoisers out there. <laughs> no, I know Illinoisers, is. Know, but uh, Gary, Indiana, yeah, right? Right? Places you've been, right? Yes. Yeah. Used to do business in those, yeah, yeah no
1: I I've been to Gary I have not been to Bloomington though uh-huh. um, but yeah I could I could name a couple of towns in Indiana or other places in the
0: Midwest that are like you know yeah, the food tends to be more like plain right I've never really been out to the Midwest yeah, you but. know
1: salt pepper and ketchup <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah right
0: so you know so yeah lack of lack of high quality dining options I'm um, I, I, you know Philly what I would do for a Philly cheesesteak from Philadelphia like uh, yes yeah, so number two. Um, creativity slash work ethic. Um, there's just like a lack of creativity here. Um, and that's borne out in, uh, something you brought up to me earlier today, which sort of reminded me of this when I was putting this list together. Um, and I think we've talked about this before actually, but it's like the Ecuadorian business model is like, take a look at what your neighbor's doing and then copy it exactly and then rent a spot literally next door and open the same business. So you'll have five hairdressing places within a block of each other. You'll have two burger joints next to each other. You'll have you'll have two of everything next to each other. I right. mean um, there's just kind of a lack of a lack of like that creative spirit of like, let's do this. This might work. Let's try that. there's just not so much of that. Um and that's sort of kind of connects to work ethic a bit Ecuadorians work hard I wouldn't say that ecuadorians don't work hard but I would say that there's not a amongst professionals like the guy in the field works his butt off like the the, the guy like you know dealing with his cattle or or uh or um you know cultivating food that guy works really hard but like amongst the professional community there's almost a like um sense of entitlement Uh, yeah, maybe here in Loja anyway. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but I would describe it more like, it's like people want to work. They want to get it done, but it's not really their priority. People here don't really put business first. It's like families first. Or second or third. (laughs) Right. So there's, so the kind of creativity work ethic thing amongst professionals kind of, kind of gets to me sometimes after a while. Um, and then number one, uh, by far big gap between one and the rest is just, government, um, which ties into socialism and collectivism and, you know, import taxes and regulations. And, you know, just to give a couple examples of that, you know, things that don't necessarily affect our business so much, which we've talked about those things in written blogs, but just personal life stuff, you know, you go to you want to get a grill, you go to a store to buy a grill because you want a barbecue. Well, you can't find a decent one. And then you find one that's like, it's like the it's like the crappy model that you'd find at like Walmart, you know, and that would be like, you know, 60 bucks and it's, you know, Three hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars because it's imported, right. and you know we're talking about a grill that you know the paint's gonna peel off after you use it three times. We're not, we're not talking about a Weber like good like grill, and I don't, you know I don't know if Weber's even good. I don't know that much about grills, but
1: but you know. But if you could find the Weber grill here, you'd buy it. I'd in buy the heartbeat. it in
0: the heart, <laughs> right? But it, I wouldn't because it'd be four times the price, like that. And that's the yeah. point. It's, yeah, uh, well, if
1: you could find the Weber grill at like a reasonable price, price I would, would own it. Yes.
0: Um, and that filters through to everything um, so you know I know you, you might I don't know if you're in touch on this on your list or not but you know cars and clothes yes. and anything you want to buy um, you know because there's a 12% value added tax and then there's the import taxes and then there's the and then there's um uh um the restrictions. So you've got, you know, wood is really expensive um and and you know, you can't own guns. I that's another thing. I'm a, you know, I'm a believer in liberty of all kinds and you know, you can't own guns here currently. Um and and, and just the prices of imported goods and the whole like socialist collectivist crap. Uh would definitely be my number one pet peeve. (laughs) So what was number one again? (laughs) It's a lot of things
1: lumped into there. Right. (laughs) Good. Okay. Well, I'll go into my pet peeves. Uh, Number five on my list is just people's attitude towards time. And I've adjusted to it, so it's not a real big deal. But, you know, somebody says they're going to do something at one time and like it very rarely happens. And sometimes that, When it's just me and the other person, it's not a big deal. You can just sort of work around it. I think the most challenging part from running a business from that perspective or being a business owner from that perspective is just, hey, I've got a client. I've got somebody who's got a different set of expectations coming in here, expecting, inspecting for things to go a certain way, and they don't, and I don't have control over it because – you know, I'm in somebody else's country and that's how things work here. Um, So it just requires a lot of just managing situations and managing expectations of the person who's coming in. Um, That can be a challenge and it's workable. So that's why it's number five, but um, not one of my favorites. Uh, Number four is, I would say just that, that culture that you were talking about, the culture of just the collectivism here and that, we need to decide what needs to happen as opposed to me deciding what happens with me and the other person deciding what happens with them. And it just happens. It especially happens in a way that where you're not even really connected with the person in a certain way. So there's, from my perspective, there is no we like it takes a long time in a relationship, you know, friendship or otherwise (laughs) to get to the point where it's we and, Um, And and you don't ever let it get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is why this is my personal (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the culture from that perspective of just group thinking, we do things together and we, 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 like that ain't for me. (laughs) So that's number, I think that was number four. Yes. Yes. Uh, Number three is the Ecuadorian, what I like to call the Ecuadorian cancel. Which is like you have an appointment with somebody and they make an appointment with you and you firm it up and then they don't show up and don't pick up the phone. And, you know, you don't call you don't call them after you've been here for two years because you know what it means. (laughs) But it's like the whole just like people just being honest and upfront in a certain way, uh, at least as it relates to business. You know, the personal stuff is kind of like, you know, the personal stuff is personal and people handle personal things differently it wouldn't be my preference in a personal setting but I would take less offense to it whereas like in a business setting there's more people involved there's more expectations and it's just kind of a a, the public sphere is what I'd like to call it where it's just to make things happen you just need to have a, a a common set of like hey like we do this at this time and so just not just being like oh like I don't want to do this. So instead of calling and giving you some advance, you know, as to like plans have changed, I'm just not going to call you like that. That doesn't sit well with me. Not a not a fan of that. Um, Number two is um, and this is going to sound bad. I'll explain it. It's just funny. But like, you know, Americans or yeah, I'd say you could say foreigners, but I would say more specifically Americans in Ecuador in general. <laughs> so you and, mean like you and me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than you, you're 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 not oh, one of thanks. these people. <laughs> Are you? Everybody else? No, no, I'm not. And yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll be very specific about it. Just like, and I, I I'll just kind of paint the picture and give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I was speaking with a group of people who were considering moving to Ecuador and checking things out and we're talking about the differences between Cuenca and Loja. And they were saying to me that they didn't think that people in Loja were as friendly as people in Cuenca. And their justification for that was that when they were on the tour bus checking out the town, that people in Loja didn't wave to them. And so they equated that with not being friendly. And I... Put that in perspective for the group of people by saying, "Well, if you were doing that same double-decker bus t- bus tour in New York City and nobody waved at you, would you think that the people in New York were rude because they didn't wave at you? Like, who are you that people should wave at you? Like, I mean, is, is this you're like not a busload of zoo animals? <laughs> yeah, like, you a celebrity? Like, are you an athlete? Like, are you you know, are you like a Kobe in China? Yeah." Like, <laughs> who are you that people should be waving at you on the bus? Like, I I don't know. I think that waving like that happens when people are anywhere, you know, a tourist anywhere in the world that could happen. Somebody could like wave at you. Like it could, it happen. could happen, <laughs> like, but it's, it's kind of, I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make is that it's kind of a sense of entitlement in the sense that like, I'm in your country, like you should be really interested in me, or you should want to know why I'm here, or you should want to say, Hey, thanks for coming to my country. We love having you here. Like, you're
0: not special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
1: it's just, it just, to me, it just is like, you know. Get over yourself. Well,
0: I'll give you a quick example, and I think there's a thousand of them that yeah. we could point to. I'll give you a quick example that I had recently. Um, I was traveling to Guayaquil, and I was coming back to Loha, and I was at the airport in Guayaquil, and I was standing in line, um, and there was a, a an, an American guy, and he was kind of in a certain sense, you're like prototypical middle aged American guy, like you know, a little pot belly glasses, had on like the khaki shorts and like the tennis Tommy shoes kind shirt. of thing. Yeah, kinda of Tommy Bahamas shirt. Like kind of your like, you know, stereotypical like, you know, middle aged, uh, white male American traveler kind of thing. And um and uh he's he's in the line and and he's he's there's a kind of a thing in Ecuador, like people in Ecuador don't raise their voices. People in Ecuador they in their house they do. <laughs> but 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 people in Ecuador don't have public disputes. Like you would never get into a verbal shouting match with a sales clerk or, you know, you just don't do that. You just don't do that. I mean, everybody's polite now, less so on the coast. Sure. Absolutely. But even there, you're not, you don't, you don't just like start raising your voice to people. People are just don't do that here. So, you know, you. I came from New York, where that's completely acceptable. Uh, even in Boston, I think that's pretty acceptable, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's been that's that was an adjustment for me. But like, you look, you you know, you you see how the culture is that you're living in, and you adjust. Otherwise, you know, you you don't you're not going to like it being somewhere where you're you know you can't adjust to the culture. So anyway, so the guy's in the line, and he shouts at this Ecuadorian uh, person who's like, uh, he's not really security. He's like managing the line uh, for the airline for the airline company and he, he he starts shouting at him in English and the guy's like you know 20 feet away from 15 feet away 15 or so feet away And and the guy doesn't speak English, and he's in Ecuador. Like you know, he starts shouting at the guy. he's in in an airport.
1: So I mean, if you work at
0: an airport, you need to speak. Yeah, and that's actually largely true. But like this guy didn't speak English. Oh, I was not. I know you were being facetious, but 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 most of the most of the airline. If you're
1: gonna run into somebody in Ecuador that speaks English, you know. Right. They could, you know, most of those people will work at airports, right. but that guy is not that guy. Right.
0: And it was just like, it was just so out of place for Ecuador. Like you just, you know, the poor guy like looks at him like, oh my God, why are you screaming at me? And and then the guy comes over and like to talk to him because he's 15 feet away. You know, the guy comes over to talk to him and he's, and the guy starts talking to him very loudly in English. And the guy says, I don't speak English. And the, the guy, the, the American guy looks back why at not? him. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. He looks back at him with, with attitude and he goes, Well, I don't speak Spanish, like as if like the guy's an asshole for not speaking English in Ecuador, a Spanish speaking country. So and there's a thousand examples like that. But I mean, I've come across that, too, of like, you know, the there's definitely like a sense of entitlement amongst some amount of foreigners here. That is a turnoff. Right. And
1: I don't want to come across as like the guy who's like, you know, there's like that other person on the other side of that spectrum who's just lots of them. I'm coming to Ecuador and I'm going to be Ecuadorian. Like, <laughs> right. You know, that person probably listens to a lot of NPR and like all that other stuff. And <laughs> right. it's like, I don't want to come across as that. I just, you know, I think there's no. a happy medium. <laughs> yes. you, just, you know, you're not trying to not be yourself no. in another country, but you're striking a healthy balance. And um, the last point that I'll kind of wrap up with is, is is like the, the guy or gal who's like, I'm from America, you're from America, so let's be friends, like tell me your life story. That
0: might be your biggest pet peeve, <laughs> like you don't like that. <laughs> and they seek you out. Because I don't like it. Of course. <laughs> Law of attraction, baby. <laughs>
1: so it's just the, it's like, it's going back to that whole, you know, New York versus ecuador like going down the street in a tour bus thing it's like if we weren't going to be friends back home why would we be friends here it's kind of like a it's like i need you you need me so let's enter into this codependent relationship it's like
0: thanks but no thanks does that go back to the we for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess are they trying to make it a (laughs) we (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah and like we needs to happen naturally we can't be forced <laughs> and if and if we're forcing the we then it's going to be me forcing the we like not you and <laughs> which i'm not going to so that's that's uh that's that so number one drum roll please <laughs> can't buy stuff i don't like not being able to buy stuff call me shallow Call me materialistic. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Call me shallow and materialistic when I can buy the stuff I want to buy. That's fine. I, I think that's a, a fine trade-off for me. So, you know, I've been in the market for a car, and I've been looking around for cars. It's and depressing. It's depressing. And you're talking about cars that are in excess of 20 years old with... You know, hundreds of thousands of miles—literally,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like 150,000 yeah, miles.
1: 150,000 like. miles that somebody is trying to get you to
0: pay more than ten thousand dollars for. Well, and, and not trying—I mean, that's what the market is. Yeah, eight—you know, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars for a for, you know a decent car, but a twenty-year-old, yeah, a decent twenty-year-old
1: <laughs> car, a good deal is like eight five.
0: Oh yeah, you're doing well.
1: It's like oh like I'm going to talk to this guy like this is going on the checklist like I'm saving this to like you know I'm going to get back to him because you know and then I'm going to try to get him to give me the car for half maybe <laughs> and like maybe that would be close to how much I would pay for it back home so those kinds of things cars you know liquor you know close. a nice bottle of grey goose or what have you. I guess this is, you know, me and my snob moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to have one too. Uh, clothes, for sure. Yeah, just being able to buy nice clothes at a reasonable price. I mean, you're paying top dollar for knockoff stuff here, which, you know, I haven't done. But it's, it's just unfortunate. Um, I
0: remember, like, I haven't bought a single article of clothing in Ecuador, nor will I ever. But I remember in Quito, you bought, like, a pair of Levi's. It was like... It was like a hundred and like...
1: There were $120 for a pair of like regular Levi's jeans that you like could buy like Macy's 40 for 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah. I mean, there were $40 jeans. There were three times expen- right. more expensive. And that's just how all this stuff, is. anything right. imported, anything yeah. imported. So, I mean, I've maybe bought four or five articles of clothing in two and a half years. And that's the main reason why. It's just because you're buying, you're paying top dollar for... You know, bottom of the barrel stuff or, you know, just above that level, um, you know, buying sheets here, buying dishes here, you know, things that you could get at Ikea for dirt cheap. You're spending top dollar here. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of it's like it's kind of a trade off in the sense that, hey, you can get your great fruits and vegetables here. But, you know, like don't buy bed sheets. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't you dare and buy some of that sheets.
0: stuff. It's like, you know, the government does that, you know, under the guise of like protecting you know, manufacturers and producers here. The problem is, is that there's just very few of them. So
1: if any, I mean, and that's just
0: a lie. It's just a lie. It's a lie, of course, but... And but, they're
1: not producing it. Even if they were producing in those cases where they are, how, I mean, are you really protecting Ecuadorian jobs by giving
0: somebody a job that they couldn't have otherwise? Yeah, and that's the problem. That's the other side of the problem, right? But, um you know, I will say there are some ways around that thing, which is my one. I mean, it was your number one. It could be my number one. It's a, it's terrible. Um, and you know, and then on top of that, you've got the government saying now, you know, you can't, they're not going to let you take cash out of the country without a 5% tax. So like there goes your ability to go somewhere else and buy stuff. (laughs) Um, but, um, you know, I will say I found, I found like cheap glasses and cheap dishes and cheap, Silverware um, that were a better quality than I realized were on the market, um, and and then the other the other solution to some of that stuff is that, you know, you can have things made, um, and that's kind of cool. Like you have sort of a reverse in in those things whereas like back home you know you you don't have things custom made because it's too expensive whereas here you could have something custom made beautifully exactly how you want it maybe for a third of the price as it would be buying that thing at at a decent quality level in a store
1: right and i mean we did this segment to just you know put a light on the things that we like and don't like but i think in this could actually go on the list um, it would have defeated the purpose for a list, which is why i didn 't bring it up, but I could talk about all those things that i didn 't like What I like most about Ecuador is that there 's solutions for almost all of those different things that you don 't like about here, and you know that 's why i 'm still here and will continue to be here uh because it kind of it 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 forces you to just Take a more active role in your life that you wouldn't have to do otherwise in places like back home, where everything's just ready made and there for you. Here, it's like, oh, like there's this, you know, there's this thing that I need, but it's really crappy. Oh, let me try to find a way to do it to do it better. And I mean, we did that with uh, with furnishing our office, for example. And I think we we came up with some really good solutions that weren't ready made and didn't seem like were open to us and we and we found a way and we found the people that could help us and and we ended up having a really great result for that. So um that's that's I think one of the number one things about Ecuador. I think despite all the you know the negativity and maybe the things that we got into about the economy, why we you know are are dedicated to
0: making this work. Yeah. I mean you know, these are therapeutic sessions for us. <laughs> we get to talk about all the things that are bothering us and, you know, rail against the government. <laughs> but no, Rage it's against the machine. Right. But no, I mean, as a place to live, I don't know that there's any better in the world. I love it here. I love it here. So on that note. Yeah, we can wrap it up for the week
1: again. um, Real estate tour now available. You can check us out uh, or to book your travel. Individual tours are now available. The group tour starts in January of 2017, which um, is rapidly approaching at this point. Um, you know We're already in mid-April. Um, the year is just flying by. You can go directly there at abectour.com. That's abectour.com. Again, standard relocation services, standalone, excuse me, relocation services now available. Uh, find out more information about that and what that entails at ecrelocation.com. Again, ecrelocation.com. Of course, you can visit us, um, find out more about us, um, see our blogs, access this podcast and the other 17 previous episodes at www.abecuador.com that's a as in apple b as in boy ecuador.com you can reach us toll free at 888-999-0948 that's 888-999-0948 or via email at info at abecuador.com thanks for joining joining us this week and we'll catch you next week thanks again take care bye-bye